On a scale of one to 10, how, uh, how brutal do you need me to be? How crazy? <laughs> I want you to be who, whatever you want to do, man. Like, I mean, I'm going to ask you and we'll just roll right into it. Like, we'll just talk and then roll right into it. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do what I do, which is, you know, I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist. So I'm going to try to like probe into your emotional life. I'm going to ask you a little bit about your past and see what's going on. Sounds fun. Yeah. Um, well maybe let's just, why don't we just start there? Just tell me a little bit about like your history, like growing up, what was it like for you growing up? Yeah. Very good question. But it's a very general question, isn't it? It's very broad. It is a broad question. Well, what comes up for you? I mean, specifically for me, it would be your relationship to your parents. Yeah. yeah. I had amazing parents. Yeah. I had, uh, an amazing father, an amazing mother. I think they both did their, their particular job very, very well. It was a clearly gendered household. Um, from a very young age, I was moved up a bunch of grades because I was clearly a genius from the start. Uh, played a lot of chess, moved to England, started fighting, kicked a bunch of ass, and here I am. That's, that's basically <laughs> it, really. And they were like warm, loving, supportive parents? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, they were very strict. Um, but I, I think that's the number one thing that's missing in the world today is, is discipline. It's very, it, it's, it's, it's when I'm sitting on Twitter, I have what I like to think of. I have the very flashy teenage boy's dream of a life. Yeah. I have all the girls. I've got nine supercars. I'm living in this big mansion. I'm in Romania. What is he doing in Romania? He's rolling around with all the, like the police are giving him police escorts to drive his Lambo and all this crazy stuff. So I have what every guy dreams of having when he's like 18. And a lot of these guys, they come to me for advice and they, they absolutely lack discipline as individuals. And I think that's because they weren't disciplined as a child. Mm -hmm. That's my view. I've, I've always been disciplined with myself because I've always lived a disciplined life. I lived in a disciplined household. Like there was no such thing as I don't want to. So even now, if I wake up and I don't want to do something, I don't need someone to tell me to do it because I'll do it anyway. I mean, who wants to run a marathon? Nobody. Who wants to do that? You just do it, don't you? Because, you know, it's, a, it's the thing you're going to have to do and you have to blood, sweat, tears, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I, I was growing up in, in, in a very disciplined household and I think it's absolutely the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and yeah, that's it. I had a very, very good childhood. I, I, when I look at some of the stuff on Twitter about parenting and stuff like in my household, I fucked up. I got hit for example. Uh -huh. And I think that's a fantastic, I can't wait to kick my kid's ass when he gets fresh. <laughs> I can't wait because th that's the real world. The real world's going to hit you hard if you make mistakes and you need to learn that there's, there's boundaries you shouldn't cross and you need to learn to, you know, cause and effect. I, I, I love my upbringing from start to finish. Yeah, and it seems like it served you well. Well, yeah, I mean, I've done okay. Yeah. Know? I mean, I have basically everything I ever wanted. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't complain. You know, it's done me pretty good. It's done me pretty good. What, what motivates you? I think that every man is born, especially men, because I can't talk for women because I'm not a female. So I can't talk for women. But I think every man is born with the motivation to, in one form or another, conquer the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it doesn't matter if you do it in a corporate sense. It doesn't matter if you do it in a physical sense. I've done it in every sense. It doesn't matter. I mean, this is the same drive. The reason the Romans melted rocks, made swords, walked in random directions and killed anyone they could find. With, I mean, they didn't have Google Maps. They didn't email those guys to find out they're bad guys. They didn't give a fuck. They're like, well, let me just go over here and take this from them. Because there's something warrior, there's an instinct inside of men that make you want to conquer. This is the reason why more CEOs are men. 
They go, oh, it's depend gender pay gap. No, a man will sacrifice his life for his work in a way that a female, most females won't because they see it as a form of conquest. It's the reason I enjoyed to fight. It's the reason that some men like having so many women. It's, it's the world, it's conquering. And I think that happiness for a man in one form or another is derived from conquest. I think that's what it is. And, and that's what motivates me. No matter, there's always something new to conquer, you know? So it, it gets me up every day. And especially in the fields I take most interest in, there's, there's no upper limit. There's never too much money. You can never be too strong. You can never be too fit. And there's always some new girl. So there's always <laughs> something to do. You know, this is how it is. Is there a soft side to you? Absolutely. Tell me about your soft side. Well, the, you have to clarify soft side in which way. Well, I'm, always, like, I'm, I'm a human. Uh, the, the, yeah, you're a human. And that's, that, I guess that's what I'm curious about because you present and it's authentic. I can feel it as powerful, strong, ambitious, successful, and it's real. And I, I see what you're doing in the world. You're trying to teach other men to do the same. And it feels to me authentic, like it's, it's comes from a real place. So that, and that's what I get off you. And it's very, very compelling. You haven't, I don't take anybody, any shit attitude. I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. And in the culture right now, that's a very attractive thing. Um, but what's, tell me about the, like the other side of you. Is there a sensitive side? Is there an emotional side? I, th I think that the whole side you just described is yeah. driven by a soft side. Like well, why, why would I give a shit about, you know, being strong or having the fight to protect the, the reason I care about being strong is so I can not only protect myself, but protect people I care about. The reason right. I want to be rich is not only so I can buy myself stuff so I can provide for my family. Yeah. Like every, every single position of strength comes with, a derivative of, of softness underneath it. There's some emotion involved in it. If I, if I was really a person who had no soft side whatsoever and I didn't give a fuck, I don't think I'd be the way I am. I think I'd be complete opposite. I think there are people like that who are so inherently selfish, but those people are not successful people. Those are people who sit on the couch all day, watch TV, smoke weed and, and do nothing or go and rob grandmas. Like I don't consider myself an emotionally hard person. I get called a sociopath all the time and a psychopath all the time. I get called that, but I don't think people understand that there is a version of the world where you can feel things and really not give a fuck how you feel. Like mm. I, I can, I, if I feel sad, it does not change how I act and it does not change the things I do. If I don't feel like going to the gym, I go to the gym. If I don't feel like working, I will still work. I lived, a, I lived in a world for 15 years where I didn't feel like fighting because my nose was broken, but I had to fight anyway. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these people come up to me and, and they say, oh, but I feel this way. I don't put a, a huge amount of importance on emotions. It's not that I don't feel them. It's that I don't think they have much to do with anything at all. If I wake up in a happy mood and I have a business to run and females to cater for and things to do, if I wake up in a sad mood, I have the same shit to do. I'm going to get it done. So... Where's the importance of it? It's in my mind, that's how I view it. Like, how does that affect what I'm going to do? Well, nothing. It doesn't. It's not going to affect how I live my life. So why sit around and think about it? This modern obsession with happiness is, is the number one problem with the world. Because I, don't, I really don't believe humans were ever evolved to be happy. Mm -hmm. Were we? Where, tell me. You're the, you're the expert, bro. Where did it come? Where did it come in our timeline that we were supposed to be happy all the time? Where's no, that coming from? I, I agree with you. I don't think happiness is the goal. I think fulfillment is. And I think following your purpose and all the way through is what's going to give you fulfillment. I think that's the highest thing in life. I, I don't 
put too much stock in happiness, contentment maybe. You can look around and be like, look, I have a good life. And you're right, you can be very satisfied with what you have. But to believe that as an adult, as a full grown man, you're gonna feel constant happiness like you're a three year old child is yeah. asinine. And yeah. all these people who are constantly complaining about how they feel probably don't have a spectrum of emotions much different to mine. The difference is I don't sit around and cry about it. Cause I wasn't, I don't rate, I don't live that kind of life. I don't have that kind of conditioning in my mind. I don't give a shit how I feel. I have things to do. But it's also the way you were raised. And maybe if you were raised in a different way, you might be different and you might have a different relationship to your emotions. Is that? Yeah. If I was, if I was raised as a pussy, I'm sure I would be a pussy, <laughs> but, but I never was. And, and, and that's what most of these men are. I, I'm being honest. When people come yeah, to me, yeah. feel this way, you're a pussy. Oh, but I feel who gives a fuck how you feel. I'm about to break into your house, strangle your wife to death. Who gives a fuck how you feel? Like, your emotion has nothing to do with the harsh reality of this world. You're either successful or you're not. Life is binary. You either win or you lose. You survive or you don't. These, these people are so obsessed with themselves and how they feel. This is my whole problem with the depression thing. On my old account, long time ago, when I was verified, before I got banned, I set the world nuts when I said depression wasn't real. And the world went crazy. Every A-list celebrity, you can still Google right now, depression isn't real, and all the tweets come up. And my point was completely misunderstood. And my point was very simple. Feeling depressed is real. That is a real thing. And I truly believe that the reason you feel depressed is so that you are inspired into action. You're unhappy with your surroundings and you're inspired. This is the reason why you don't want to go to jail. Both of us don't want to go to jail because we'll both be depressed because we don't like our situation. It's a natural human instinct to make you work hard and try harder to build a life. So when people come to me and go, oh, I, I can't, I'm fat and I don't know what to do because I'm depressed. I say, no, you're depressed because you're fat. You go the other way around. So that's the first thing. Feeling depressed is real. But this idea that you can walk through life and everything's fine and you can catch depression from the sky like a disease and it strikes your brain and there's nothing you can do about it. And no matter how hard you try, you are depressed no matter what. This is garbage. This is complete garbage that's been propagated by the weak-minded. And, and the proof of this is that in countries with a harder life, where people are too busy struggling to survive, there's less depression. It's only in these countries that have nothing else to fucking worry about. If it was true the way they teach it, it would be universal across the human condition. It isn't. So basically, your life's so good, the only thing you have to do is sit around and worry about why you're not happy enough. It's bullshit. The whole, the whole, the whole, field, the whole industry, the whole way we view depression, the way we view happiness, the way we view sadness is all garbage from head to toe. I think it's all bullshit. We can throw the whole thing out the window. And, and I start again when people come to me and say about happiness and I say, who the fuck said you should be happy in the first place? Who even said you should be? I don't, I don't care if you're sad. I never, told, I never told you you should be happy. How many push-ups can you do? Not enough. Get to fucking work. So this is my whole view on the whole field. Is there, is there anything that you struggle with? No. <laughs> really? really? Doubt? <laughs> any, any doubt? Fear? I'm, no, I'm a realist. So like before I would fight, I would be very nervous and I, I would hate the idea of losing because I have an ego. But it's also my ego that puts me in there in the first place. Uh -huh. Because you, you're not going to risk your life for a few thousand dollars if you haven't got a fucking ego. That's why fighters have egos. Yeah. Because we all believe we're Superman. But then the idea of losing, this is why fighters end up depressed and suicidal and doing drugs and stuff because you lose. It's, it's, it's a shot. It's hard to tolerate when your whole personality is based on being hard to kill and that gets shattered. It's like losing a loved one. It hurts. 
So yeah, I had, I have a, uh, I feel fear. I feel nerves, all those things, but I'll do things anyway. Do I struggle with anything in general in life? No, because I'm an intelligent person who's motivated. And I, ref and if listen, if you're going to try hard at something, and I mean, genuinely try 99% of people will get adept at X thing. It doesn't matter what it is. If, if, if I decided I wanted to be good at piano and I gave it everything I got, I'd play, I'd be able to play piano. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, there's people with one hand who can play piano. It's just so how much effort you're going to put in. I don't struggle with anything because if I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I've never struggled with motivation. So if you don't struggle with motivation, then you're never going to struggle with anything in life. I mean, I'm naturally adept at some things and there's some things I'm not as naturally adept at. But if you're prepared to work, you're prepared to work. So no, I don't struggle with anything. Life is not a struggle to me. I do not view life as difficult in any way. I think life is extremely easy. What about fear? Fear of what? Do you have fear? I don't like heights. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> Does that count? That counts. Well, yeah, I'll, but I'll still, but I'll, but I will still do things involving heights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I'm scared, but I'll still do it. Like I'll measure the risk. Like, will I walk on the edge of a cliff? No. But if I'm on a bridge and there's a, a barrier and I know I'm probably not going to fall, even if I feel vertigo and I'm scared, I'll still do it. Yeah. But in terms of, I mean, I feel like these questions. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the kind of questions that like psychiatrists throw at people and they come at you with some bullshit. I'm scared of failing or being unhappy. I don't know what garbage people say. I, scared of what? I, I don't know what, I'm scared of a tiger if he breaks in my house, I'll be a bit afraid, like maybe, but I'll have to fight back. What, I have to try and fuck him up. I don't, I don't know what it is. Scared of what? <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. What do you what do you make of it when you've you've gone to psychoanalysis before? You said people called you a sociopath, a psychopath. Yeah. So my my problem with the whole field, so I don't believe in any of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I don't believe in it is very simple: is that it's not an exact science. So two plus two is always four. Yeah. I mean, okay, in very extreme versions of math, it's not. But it's yeah, a simple version of saying two plus two is four. Whereas with this kind of stuff, you can have a man who doesn't drink because his dad's an alcoholic. And mm -hmm. you can have a man who's an alcoholic because his dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. You can have people who turned out like me because their father was strict. And you can have people who completely go off the rails because their father was strict. Yeah. So, I mean, I've gone through these kind of things before. And, they, and I said this, and, and their answer was, that's true, but there's general rules within people. There's patterns we can identify. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what they said. I don't know if that's the correct answer. Maybe you have a different answer. Is, is that the well, truth? All, I think all children in some way adapt to their childhood. They make themselves into something to please their parents. <clears throat> okay. I would agree with that. Yeah. I actually agree with that. That's, that's true. Yeah. So in the process of making yourself something to please your parents, maybe there's a part of you that you denied, right? That you cut off from that. And it happened at such an early age. You're not even aware of it. Okay. But what if the part of me I denied was a part of me I didn't need? What if the part of me I denied was lazy? What if the part of me I denied was the pussy? What if, he, what if he's been gone since from a long time and I've just been formed deliberately into this brilliance? Then is there anything negative about that? Not, not necessarily, but, but there is a part of you. Maybe there's good things in there that would, were denied that would be useful to you. Like what? I don't know. I don't know. All I know for me, when I, I'll tell you what happened for me. When I went all the way into my emotions, the work that I do is very psychologically intense. It's not, it's not talk therapy. It's very physical. So you hit things, you punch, you kick. And if you have rage and you go all the way into the rage, right, which I did, 
it it revealed to me all of these uh, pent up emotions that I had, a rage towards my mother, disappointment around my father. And I realized for me, these unconscious emotions were running my life. It's what was motivating me. And once I released them, I came into contact with a kind of a deeper self, a truer self, and I felt more free. That's just for me. So, but that's the information that I got well, from my personal you, experience. Don't you miss your anger? But I don't give up my anger. It's always there. It's always available to me, right? Because anger just, is a fantastic not, motivator. It is a fantastic motivator. And so much of what I got out of my life was motivated by trying to make my mother happier, trying to win the love of my father. And I got a lot from it. But then I realized, why am I doing this? You know, am I doing this for me or am I doing this to make them happy? Yeah. And that was a big question. You know, and so I, and I, because of the people that I work with, I see this over and over and over again. And it's, it's, it's an experiential thing. So it's not that uh, people are even thinking it. It just, this stuff just comes out of you spontaneously. If I had a son, I would yeah. expect him to dedicate his life to make me happy because I brought him on earth. So how right. could he not want to do anything other than, how could he think, I don't care what my dad thinks. He should only think I need to, I need to be up to my father's standard. How, how could he exist any other way? Well, that's a philosophy. And another philosophy could be, I'm going to support him to do whatever he wants to, what be if he does dumb to shit? make those choices. Well, that's his choice. Is it? Yeah. This is my point. Is it, <laughs> is it my child's choice to do dumb shit? You could guide him in the right direction. Certainly. Is it, it was a really important point. So is yeah. it, is it his choice to do dumb shit? I don't think it is. I brought him on the planet. He mm -hmm. carries my last name. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who keeps him alive. Mm -hmm. The only reason he has somewhere to sleep and food to eat, it's because I provide it for him. So if I tell him he's not allowed to be a pussy and he needs to do his push-ups, he has to do it. On what planet am I going to negotiate with some child who thinks they know more than me? Absolutely not. How am I going to have some 14-year-old kid say, well, I want to do something else? You don't know anything about the world. You're 14. What you're going to do is you're fucking told. Are you curious about any of the places inside you that you may not know about? Any well, of the... I don't, Just a I question. Don't... I don't believe they exist. I think I know myself. I really do. I've, I've, you have to understand that I've tested myself on a limit, physically yeah. especially, where most people have never been. Most people have never been where I've been. Most people haven't done what I've done. I know if I'm a coward or not. I know if I'm afraid. I know myself. I've been hurt. I've been stabbed. I've had my, my face broken. I've, I've, I, I broke my hand in six places and fought another eight rounds. I left there and had emergency surgery with 12 breaks in my hand. I know what I can do. I know everything about myself. There's nothing more spiritual than violence. This is the most spiritual thing on the planet, violence. Mm -hmm. Violence is the universal of the, of the human condition. It's the constant. It's always been there, it'll always be there. I get people ask me this all the time. I wanna look for more spiritual meaning. I say, okay, go down to a fighter's gym, get your ass kicked, and then try and do something about it. There's all the spirituality you need. You, you gotta stay breathing when someone's trying to kill you. That's spirituality. I understand myself completely. I don't feel like there's any part of me that has been hidden or suppressed. I, I, just because I am, like you said, I'm very clearly a certain way, I'm very clearly dominant. I don't think there's a part of me that's sitting there suppressed. And maybe, not maybe, in fact, I will say certainly, I've been conditioned to be this way. But I think I've been raised for exceptionalism. Since as, since as young as I can remember, I've been raised to be exceptional. When, when I, when I uh, I'll give you an example. So I tell stories about my dad and people often say he was way too harsh. I thank the Lord above I had the father I had. So when I got moved up three grades in school, they moved me up because in the SATs, I got, it was like 400 questions and I got two wrong. 
And my dad gave me $20 and then he took $5 back for the two I got wrong, five each. So I had $10 total. And, the re and his lesson was, you still got two wrong. He was a perfectionist. Now, why was he a perfectionist? Well, it's because he was a chess grandmaster and in chess it's perfection or you lose. Why did I become a four-time kickboxing world champion? Well, because it's perfection or you lose. There is no, it's okay to be a little, there's no sloppiness in fighting. One shot's over. Same thing with chess. There's no sloppy. One little, you, one, you, you lose control of one square, the game's over. You, we, I've lived in a perfectionist realm since the dawn of time. So my whole entire life has been a perfectionist life. This is how I view my life. And I don't think any other way to accept the world is, is okay. I don't think it's okay to be okay with losing or okay with less than the best. I don't think any of that's acceptable. I can't stand for, losing. But for you, it's not acceptable for you. Because I've been raised this way, but this is the right. exact point. My son will be exactly the same. He has no choice because he's a Tate. And Tates <laughs> go on into eternity to rule the earth. <laughs> How can he be anything else? Well, yeah, and you're, you're an exceptional guy. You're, you're an athlete. You're hyper-intelligent, you know, uh, attractive to women. So you've, you've, you've got it all. But the vast majority of men, I mean, are ordinary. And yeah, at they a certain are point, they have, to, they have to come to term with their ordinariness. Absolutely. No, I, yeah, no that's true. But this is, this, is, this is a very interesting point because I personally could never come to terms with being ordinary. Why not? Couldn't tolerate it. Why? So, but because it would be the worst. There is, it's like the worst possible sentencing. So that's your, that's your fear. I don't know if it's a fear. I'm just telling you a life I would yeah. not want to live. Uh -huh. Because I was ordinary financially. Like I wasn't born rich. I was born to a very poor family. As smart as my father was, chess doesn't, doesn't pay. He also loved gambling, women, and booze. So you add all that up, we were very, very poor. Me and my mother and my brother, when we moved to England, we grew up in a homeless hostel. So I grew up at the very end of the socioeconomic ladder. I had a worse start than 99% of people. But I lived my life when I was poor, furious at the fact that I was poor. Because I, my, my ego, and I'll be honest, my ego is at a point where I didn't understand how other people can afford Ferraris and I can't. I, I would be 18 walk into college and a Ferrari would drive past and it would ruin my week. And everyone would be like, what's wrong with you? And I'd be like, don't you see this fat fuck can buy a Ferrari and I can't. Why? He's not a better man. He's not a better person than me. I, he's, I'm just as good as him, if not better. I couldn't stand the fact that there are people who could do things I couldn't. So this gave me unlimited motivation to get rich. Now I found a way to get rich and I believe that anyone who really, really truly wants to get rich will get rich one way or another. But that's because it bothered me for the first 10 years. You know, my, 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 my 20s, I was broke most of them. I was broke most of my 20s. So I couldn't stand being ordinary. And my question is this. You're saying ordinary people need to come in terms of their ordinariness. I don't think they do. I think they need to become extraordinary. I think they need to try harder. Mm -hmm. As a, this is the greatest thing. This is the, the greatest and worst thing about being a man is that all of your value is built. If you're a woman, you're born beautiful, game's over. You're born pretty. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's done. You have your value. Now you have six or seven years, you're valuable. You could be a moron, you're still on a billionaire's boat because you're hot, done. As a man, it doesn't matter if you're born good looking. If, if you're stupid and weak and broke, you're still gonna struggle. It doesn't matter if you're born rich. Like I said, if you're still stupid, weak, socially inept. As a man, you need to have it all. You need to have wisdom, you need to be funny, you need to be tall, well tall is one thing you can't fix. Strong, good looking helps. They like the idea of you being able to fight. You need interesting stories. You need money. You need freedom to be able to say to a girl, fuck it, we're going to Moscow, pack now. You need all these things. And a lot of that is self-built, not all of it. 
but a lot of it is. So when I speak to ordinary people, I say, well, how are you trying to stop yourself from being ordinary? And a lot of them aren't. Well, well, well you know, uh, uh, well, then what the fuck are you going to live an ordinary life if you have ordinary results? I, I couldn't tolerate that. You could put, you could give me, I already had a very bad financial start. I had a huge advantage genetically. But even if I had a, a, a huge genetic disadvantage, there's no way I would have been a normal person. One way or another, no way. Because I know life's too short for that shit. I want people to, I, I couldn't live that way. And I don't know why people are trying to come to terms with that. I don't, I don't think you should. I think you should be constantly pushing to be extraordinary, no matter who you are. Is there anything that you want that you don't have? I'm very happy with where I am in my life. I, I, I've, I'm very happy with what I've achieved. I know how hard I worked to get here. I know how difficult it was. And do I have a talent for some of the things I've done? Yes, but talent is only identified in the top 3%. Like people say that I, I had this all the time. Oh, but Tate, you're lucky you can fight. I'm like, what do you mean lucky? We didn't find out I could fight or not until I'd already trained for 10 years. Because until the hard work's done, that's where you see the talent. At the beginning, everyone has to work hard. Because if I do no work and someone who's not talented works hard, they're going to beat me. So we have to both work our asses off till we're at the very, very top tier. And the only way I can get ahead of him is talent. So talent doesn't appear to the end anyway. Most people haven't worked hard enough at anything to even identify that talent enough. There's loads of people who could be extremely talented at shit, but they're too lazy to even do the basics. So most people don't even know their own talents, you know? So I'm, I'm super happy with what I've achieved. I'm super happy with what I am. Do I want more? Well, I'm always gonna want more course but is there anything particularly i want that i don't have no I, I pretty much have everything i want and i gave it all to myself this is what i mean because i wouldn't accept being ordinary this is my point this is my exact point my life was ordinary bro my, I, my life was ordinary i was my, my mom and dad split up i'm in a homeless house i'm in a, a shit school me and my brother and my mom and my sister were living in some homeless hostel i didn't know how to fight i had no money i'm a normal skinny kid and then i became kickboxing world champion multimillionaire. that was all me and it's all because I sat there and goes, nah, fuck this. So I, I think everyone else could do the same. You know, there's, who's saying the guy watching this right now would not be a better fighter than me if they didn't go fight? Maybe, probably not, let's be honest. But maybe, but they don't try, they don't go. They're, they're pussies, they're too afraid. They're too afraid to even go and fucking get punched, so they'll never know. And that's the life they wanna live because they'd rather be ordinary. I couldn't live ordinary, bro, I couldn't even do it. Couldn't even do it. Where do you go for support? Support in what way? I don't know. Like just you're having a hard day. Or you're confused about something or you, you need some uh, reflection. I mean, it, I mean, maybe you don't have that with your career, but with women, do you struggle with women at all? I mean, I know you have lots of women, but. No, I, I, and I don't want you to think I'm being any kind of bravado at all because I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. I, I used to go to my dad until he died. He died like five years ago. So until, since the day he died, I have not seeked support from anybody ever once. Mm. The day he died, I became, from the number one student, I became the greatest man on earth. And at the top of the, at the, top of the mountain, there's no one to look up to. And that's fine. I mean, I have, a, I have tons of people who come to me. Everyone you can name comes to me. But if I'm having a hard day, I never sit and think, I need to talk to this person. Even if I have like my brother and some people I'll talk to, I may be venting a little bit, but I'm certainly not looking for advice on what to do. I always make the call on what to do. I always already know what to do. I, I don't go to anyone for support. I don't, I don't turn to people for support. I don't turn to my woman for support. 
I think one of the main reasons I have such a fantastic relationship with females is because I never ask them for that shit. I really believe the reason I have the adoration of females is because they're with a man who they never have to babysit, they never have to motivate, they never have to convince to put the video games down, they never have to sit and say to him, oh, it's gonna be okay, like, I'm a rock. I'm, my life's great and it's on track with or without you and I'm fine all the time. And when I have huge problems, because they do come up, I don't even mention it to my women. Because what can a woman do anyway? I mean, like, I mean, what, I'm mentioning it to her to feel better. I mean, she can't fix my shit. So I wouldn't even, I, if I, if, if, let's say I lost $3 million in a day, which has happened before. Mm -hmm. I didn't even tell my girl. What's the fucking point? What am I looking for? Sympathy? Sympathy ain't gonna buy me money. Ain't gonna put the money in the bank. So what the fuck? So Comfort. I, I don't, say again? Comfort. Do I, do I need that shit? I don't know. I need my three mil, I need my three mil back. <laughs> That's what I need. Like, I'm a solutions-based man. You tell me who I can talk to about getting my money back, and I'll talk. I didn't talk to my chick about it. She was, oh, oh, yeah, Bitcoin. Oh, I'll make you a coffee, dear. The thing to fucking help me. So I, I, I don't turn to people for support or comfort. I don't. And I know that makes me extremely rare as an individual. And it's not something I... I'm not trying to brag or put on like a brave face and be a tough guy or something. It's just not how I'm conditioned. I believe that all of my problems are going to be fixed by me, that no one else is going to wake up and give a fuck about my problems the way I'm going to give a fuck. Nobody else is going to be prepared to go through what it takes to fix them. But me, if I'm in the ring getting an ass kicking, not my coach, not my corner, not my fans, no one's going to get me out of there alive, but me, that is, it is me. So I, I I turn to myself. If I have a problem, I'll sit in silence on my own. I'll turn to Andrew fucking Tate and, he's, and he'll get it done. Cause I, I, I don't, that's really how I am. I mean, I cannot think of the last time. Tristan, when's the last time I've asked you for advice? Like sat there and go, what do I do? Can you hear him? What should we do? Yeah, so he's saying, we'll sit there and say, what should we do about this? What should we do about that? But that's more like bullshit, like travel plans or business yeah. or something. Yeah. But me personally saying, I don't know what to do. It's never, never, it's never even entered my mind. I always know what to do. What's your relationship like to, to love with women? I absolutely, I have a, I have, I'm full of love. I love women. Now I'm absolutely not really sexist. I'll be honest. I'm a realist and reality is sexist. So a lot of people have this impression that I hate women, and that's completely incorrect. I love women. I just believe that there are certain things women are better at and certain things men are better at, and I don't trust women the way I trust a man with certain things. It doesn't mean I don't love women. You know, like, so I, people say, oh, my, my woman's my best friend. That will never happen for me. My woman's my partner, and I love right. her in a romantic sense, but she can never be my best friend. My best friend's gonna be a man, of course. If shit really hits the fan, just like I said earlier, if I do have to turn to someone for help, like I'm saying, I'll never ask for advice, but maybe I need help with something. Then I'll go to my brother. Why? Because my brother's a six foot four, 250 pound, big, strong man. What am I gonna do with my, hot, my little hot girl? What's she gonna do? Like, I, I, don't, I don't see women as capable. I'm not being, hey, shoot me. I don't see women as capable. It does not mean I hate them. I just don't see them as emotionally capable. I, I'm so emotionally, I don't want to use the word hard, but I'm so emotionally controlled 
but I don't view most men as capable, let alone women, because my number one strength in my life is my emotional control. I can be on the Titanic and it can be sinking and I'm still going to be sitting there thinking, okay, cool. All right. All right. Shut up. What's the plan? Stop screaming. How? Okay. The water's cold. Let's work out. A Let's do something. Like I'm a very rational person and most men are not as rational as I, let alone females. Women just lose it to emotionality. So I don't turn to women because all they do is fucking scream. And it's useless. Pointless. But they must meet your needs in some way. Yeah, I mean, they've got big titties. <laughs> but sexual needs, sexual needs beyond, right? There, there's emotional needs. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Women have a healing energy. Yeah. You know, like if you're sick, you want, you want a woman around. This is what I mean. I don't, if I'm sick and I'm in bed, I'm calling my girl. Bring me this, bring me that. Uh, I'm sick, blah, blah, blah. Women have a, a time and a place and an energy, and they're very, very valuable to a man's life. In fact, I say this all the time. If you have a bad relationship with women, it's the easiest way to ruin your life as a man. You can be Jeff Bezos, dude's the richest man in the world, lost half his net worth to some bimbo because he has a bad relationship with women. So if, 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 you, if you struggle to, to have sex and you struggle to get a partner and you struggle to have someone who genuinely loves you and your girl's constantly cheating on you and all these things, you're not gonna enjoy your life as a man because life as a man is about conquest and females are part of the conquest. That's what it was all about, bro. Go in there, kill the men, take the girls. That's what it's about. So yeah, you need a good relationship with women, of course. Um, so my relationship with women is that I adore women and I adore women the same way I'll adore my children or my dog. I love them, but I don't trust them with my fucking life. That's my shit. You know, I, I, you, you could adore your kids and really, you know, love them and, and care for them and want the best for them, but you're not going to trust them in a combat situation. You're going to call somebody else. That is exactly the same with females. I, I see myself as superior to females and not in a negative way i love them and i adore them and i want them around me but in no way are they my equal and and they know that when they're with me and they and they like me for that this is the crazy thing about it people will say oh you're sexist you're never gonna get a girl that way i'm like as soon as a woman she finds a man she can look up to and go okay you know what this motherfucker's tall he's smart he's strong his life's in order he, he's, he's never fucking up everything's on track He's never messed up. He's never had that big rehab moment. He's not an alcoholic. He's never done drugs. His life is completely in order. He's a multimillionaire and everything's on track for him. And he knows more than me about everything. I'm just going to shut up. They like that. They like saying, okay, he's the man. So it's not even a problem for me in that respect. And it's not a, an act I put on. A lot of these guys in the, I don't know, male space yeah. are, are pretenders. So they pretend to be something. I am the man and she is the girl, but they're all full of shit. I, I proved my point a million times over. You can YouTube me and you see me whoop ass. It's, I proved it. So my relationship with women is I absolutely adore women, but I do not see them as my equal because I don't think they're capable like a man is, is my personal view. You've taken a lot of risks to get where you are now. Are there risks you need to take in the future? Like what are, what are the risks you need to take? Before we answer that question, let me ask yeah. you one question. Yeah, please. Because you're the expert on these things. I'm not an expert. I'm just, but go ahead. There's a brand new airplane. It's an experimental airplane and no one's ever flown it before. And you're going to fly into the eye of a hurricane. Uh-huh. Extremely risky. 50-50 chance of survival. Uh-huh. Do you want a male pilot or a female pilot? I want a male pilot. Correct. Yeah. Now, does that make you a sexist? I, I'm, I don't think you're a sexist. I, I, I. Look, I, I would, I might parse a few of the things that you said for nuance, 
But overall, uh, there's a, an attitude and an energy that I think is, is correct. I think we've gone way too far the other way. I think feminism is turned into a bunch of bullshit. I think men have baited themselves out, and I think that's why women are angry and unhappy. Primarily because men are not showing. I totally agree with you. Yeah, no, that's absolutely my point of view. And I, you know, so I, I appreciate that you're saying that kind of thing out so strongly. I think men need to hear it. And I agree with you. When I bring my woman that kind of energy, she's turned on. They well, like absolutely. It. Yeah. Because, because, because it's instinctual and it's biological and it's evolutionary. Yeah. That's what they want. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and so you got to be the man, you know, it's as simple as that. And uh, when I, I asked you that airplane question, because most yeah. of the time I ask people come and say, well, why does it matter? I say, you know why it matters because you know, if it goes wrong, the man's going to be calmer fucking with that joystick than the woman would. This is the harsh reality and I don't want to die. So I want a male pilot. That's how it is. That's just sorry. And, and I've had people come at me and go crazy at me for that question. You're sexist, you're the, the, maybe the woman's better, blah, blah. I'm saying, well, look, in, in my view of things, if I had to choose, and I think if everyone's honest with themselves, they choose a man because they're honest, so. Do you enjoy being provocative? I think, there's two, there's two answers to this question. One, I have the ability to be provocative. Most people don't. I'm anti-fragile. I'm in Romania, I'm a millionaire. What are you gonna do? You know, like it's different if you're working a corporate job in America, you know, you can get hit with emails and lose your job or some bullshit or some HR human, human resources case, sexism. I don't know, some garbage that goes on over there. I'm, pr I'm pretty much as anti-fragile as you can get. You can, you can come at me all day long. It's nothing but entertainment for me. So the fact that I am privileged, I feel like I need to exploit. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I genuinely mean everything I say. It, it's not a matter of me sitting there going, how do I annoy everybody? It's just how I view the world. I mean it. It's not like, how do I piss people off? I, I genuinely mean it. I really do mean it. And uh, if it upsets some people, then don't listen to me. I don't force you to listen to me. I don't force you to follow me. But I'm going to say what I think because it's what I think. Why would I not say what I think? And I do my best to resist all forms of social programming even down to the very most basic levels. You know, I don't, I don't believe in any of that social programming bullshit because I know who I am and I know how I want to live. And my happiness is derived from the fact that I'll do whatever, whatever I want. If I want to sleep in bed with three women at night, every night, I'm going to do it. I don't give a fuck what you think. If you think that's wrong, I, I can't, if I can and I want to, I will. You've got to do it, you know? So, because, and the anti-fragility is a big part of that. The fact that yeah. also there's nothing nobody can do about it. So it makes it easier. Yeah, so I I agree. That's how I you come off to me. You're you you can be provocative, but it's it's real. It's you're saying what you actually think. And that said, you are provocative. What's your intention? Like what what in being provocative? Because you're you could you have a platform. You put yourself out there. You're on Twitter. You're saying this stuff out. There must be a reason that you're doing it. There must be an intention behind it, other than just. You know, we live in a time where it's like it's good to have a personal brand and that's going to help you out in the long term. But beyond that, that's a really good question because it's there's, there's almost two sides to this. So I've been banned from Twitter nine times. <laughs> each time I'm here, each time I'm banned, part of me is relieved because it's noise, isn't it? It's noise. It's garbage. It's noise. It's, it's bullshit. It's idiots. It's like there's a whole bunch of noise that you remove from your life when you remove a lot. 
And part of me is, is contented with that. But I think it's just, it's, just the, it's just the battle element of it all. I'm, I'm arguing online and I'm saying what I think online for the same reason every other human is. There's an element of battle to it. There's an element of no, this is how it should be. And I don't take it too seriously. I, like, I don't let anyone annoy me or bother me in the real world. But like, why do I do it? I think, I think to a degree, we're all, on, we're all on social media for the wrong reasons. I don't think there's any right reason. Like if we were all truly, completely contented, happy individuals, why would any of us have a Twitter account in the first place? To tell people we don't know what we think about shit that, you know, to, to attract hate, to get insult, insults. Like, like, why are we all on there? There's no healthy reason. If anyone, if anyone with a brain would just delete it and say, this is bullshit, bye. You know, like, so it's either for money or for attention or because you feel like you enjoy the fray. I mean, I didn't, I didn't start a Twitter account until I retired from fighting. Maybe that'll tell you something. But um, yeah, I, there's, there's an element to it, which I certainly enjoy. And um, it's good to make people think and view things in a different way. And I also really enjoy the fact that I'm very hard to argue with because I have so much imperial, I have so much, I have so much evidence. I, I can produce metrics. It's difficult to argue with me about things. I say X. Oh yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I'm part black, so I'm not racist. I'm successful, so obviously I'm not stupid. Like I, I've, I can pull so many things out the bag. It's very difficult for them to argue with the guy who has his life so together, if that makes sense. If I say a sexist comment and then I say, oh yeah, okay, here's my three women. We're all chilling watching a movie. Like what can they come back with? Yeah, but they don't love you. Like they come back with some garbage. So I have a lot of proof I can pull out the bag to piss people off, which is also kind of fun. I get, I get the sense you're also trying to inspire people. Yeah, because, and, and I don't know if I do it from a, Philanth I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm a philanthropist. I don't know if I wake up and I'm a philanthropist, but I certainly do believe that happiness as a man, I can only talk for myself, but my happiness is derived from having this massive ego, which I've proved. I, I didn't just, I'm not, I'm not, look, there's a lot of people with egos who are jackasses because they ain't dumb shit. But when people, Mike Tyson in his prime, everyone goes, who oh, has an ego? Duh. Mike fucking Tyson and his pro. <laughs> How are you not gonna have an ego? You're from the projects. You just fucked everyone up. And you got billions of dollars. Like I like that, and I think that it, most men, if they want to feel happier, they need to, to give themselves a reason to brag about shit, and they're gonna start to feel a little bit happier. So maybe it's just me, you know, venting. I love to go online and brag. I certainly do. I love to buy a new car and go and say, "Look, third Lambo. Ha, I'm so rich. Ha ha ha." You know, it makes me, it, part of me enjoys that. And if that inspires people, then good. I, I absolutely should inspire people. Just like when the guy in the Ferrari drove past me and on my way to college, he inspired me. He pissed me off, but he inspired me at the same time. So, you know, I, if my bragging inspires people, I absolutely unutterly encourage that. You know, I, it certainly should inspire people. I, I, I'd love to see that. But I don't know if I'm directly <clears throat> philanthropic in that way. However, if someone comes to me and asks for advice, I'll always tell them what to do. I'll always say, look, this is what you should do. If I was you, I would do X, Y, Z, da, 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 da. But a lot of them don't listen because it requires work and people are work averse and that's humans, so. I, I get the feeling just intuitively that you, you care about people. Like you care, you, want, you do want to inspire people for your own, not just for your own ego, not just from your own ego, because there's something inside you that, that you want to, there's something you want to give. Yeah. I mean, you know, I there's, something you, there's something, you know, there's something you learned from your experiences growing up the way you did 
and all the experiences you had as a fighter and what you went through, and especially in a culture that's gone completely the other way, you know, counter to discipline and masculinity, you've completely claimed that space. And so there's something to, for you to teach other no, men. No, you're right, but my, my, you're completely right. So my point is this, when I teach others, I relive it myself and it makes me happy. So am I teaching selflessly? This, this is the question. It's even like if I give to charity. If I give to charity, am I doing it because I'm a good person or am I doing it because it makes me feel good? This is, it's, a philo it's a philosophical question. Like even if I've done this before, when I was in Austin, Texas, I was on InfoWars, I was in Austin, Texas, and I couldn't believe how many homeless there were. And I got a hundred dollar bill out and I gave it to a homeless guy. And he started to go, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I thought, like I didn't film it like most dickheads would. I didn't film it. I'm not looking for likes, none of that stuff. But, and then I went and had a Starbucks. I'm sitting there thinking, did I give, I genuinely thought, did I give him a hundred bucks for him or did I do it because it doesn't really matter to me because I got so much money and it makes me feel happy. Like, is it selfless to give to charity? I don't know. I don't think anything is selfless. Everything is done for yourself. So as much as I'm helping others and inspiring others and as positive as they feel from that, being brutally honest, am I doing it for them or for me? I'm probably still doing it for me, but there's, it's just good all around. So that's what I mean when I say I'm not philanthropic. I'm not, I'm not, a philanthropist. It's not that I'm not helping others. It's not that I don't want to help others, but I love to relive. Like right now, my cousin lives with me and I'm teaching him how to fight. The more I teach him, the more I relive the shit I went through. So it makes me happy. But do you know what I mean? Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's all done from an extremely selfish place. I don't know, but I'm still doing it. And if it's a net, if it's a net benefit for everybody, then good. But I still believe that people are, do everything for themselves. I think everyone's selfish at the, at the end of it all. So beyond the money and the women and the cars and the success, what, like, what is your mission? I think every, I think every man has the same mission. I think humans are biologically designed to reproduce. And my mission is to create offspring, which replicate me to the best they can, if not be improvements upon myself. And I think that's really the point of life. I, I, I think I, I couldn't understand. Do you have children? Sorry, you might be asking. No. Do, do you want kids? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think that that's the ultimate end goal of adulthood. Some people don't want children. I don't understand. They're the people who I'd be interested to talk to because if you don't have kids, what do you do? What are you going to do? I mean, how many steaks can you eat? How many holidays can you go on? I don't know. But um, I think that's the end goal of all, isn't it? And a lot of what I've done has one way or another. I mean, I fought for me certainly, but besides the fighting, 99% of the things men do is for women anyway. It's for pussy anyway. Like, like if, if, if women didn't exist, I wouldn't need this big-ass house. Fuck all this big-ass nice house for and all these fancy cars and nice clothes. And all this shit is really to, to signal your sexual attractiveness one way or another. It's, it's not, people will say, oh, it's because you're insecure. No, it's not. It's because if you've got the money and you can afford it, you can afford it. But if pussy disappeared from the planet today, I'd live in a sleeping bag in a tent. I wouldn't give a fuck. You wouldn't care, would you? You'd be like, whatever. Men don't care about stuff like that. We don't care. Like, whatever. Me and my brother, we're going to the woods. We're, we'll live in the woods. Don't come near us. We'll shoot. We'll live in the woods. So a lot of it is, is to that. And then the goal is you meet women and then you find the one you want and then you have a family. And I think that's the end goal of it all. And then you get to relive all your experiences, creating a replica of yourself inside of your children. Just like I was talking about earlier about how you get to relive it all. So I think that, yeah, there's definitely certain, some, certainly something within the human condition that makes us want to teach others and show others because it makes us feel happy inside. It makes me happy when I teach others what I know. So that's why I do it. So I, what I hear is that 
part of the legacy you want to leave is your is to your children. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to die knowing that the exploits of Andrew Tate will continue on into eternity. I don't want it to end with me. Think of all the fun I've had, all the amazing things I've done. There has to be another version of me somewhere doing something. My, my father said it before he died. He goes, I don't need to clone myself. I have three kids. Like the better versions of me walk the planet. I can die today. And, and this, is, this is natural human biology. I don't, I, the idea that, I mean, this is a very Western new age frame of mind that I don't want kids. I don't understand that at all. I think the children are important. I think it's the end goal of all of everything. That's what I believe. I mean, sure, I have a nice life and nice cars and all that shit. I'm not saying I don't want those things. But I think if you were to ask me what my ultimate goal was, in an ideal world, I'd have 10 sons named Andrew Tate. What the fuck would that? Of course I would. That would be the ultimate goal. 10 sons, Andrew Tate, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 world champions. That's the whole point of it all, isn't it? Is there a legacy that you want to leave beyond that besides your family? I, I just don't know if it matters. Uh -huh. If I were to say to you right now, okay, when you die, you become the most famous man in the world. Or when you're alive, I'll give you a million dollars. Which one would you choose? Mm, I guess I'd take a million dollars. Of course, because you're dead. <laughs> so who gives a fuck? That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. that's how I feel. Like, yeah. I'm dead. And, and also, what other people think of me, I don't really give a fuck. I don't care. If I'm happy with how I've lived, with what I've done, if I'm happy, then fuck them. So I think, I think... Look, a lot of the things that really bring happiness to, especially men, like I said, I'm only, if you're a woman watching this, I don't know why you're watching it, but hey, if you're a woman watching this, I can't talk for you. But for a man, a lot of the things that are going to bring you happiness are the things that are ancient, that would always bring you happiness. The, the subservient women and sons that carry your name and a house that's yours and a few cows and, and that's yours. I think that's, that's what's truly biologically driven into us. I think that's normal. Um, and I think that's where true happiness is always going to lie. And yeah, I don't think that any of the fancy shit that exists in the modern world can replace that. I don't think there's anything wrong with just saying, look, I want me and, and my children, my sons, and they're going to be like me. And, and I'm, I want to replicate myself. That's normal, isn't it? You want to replicate yourself. I want, I want versions of me. That's what I want. <laughs> what are there? Are there any like sides to you or parts to you that people don't see or they don't understand or they don't get that you want them to see? Yeah. I mean, like, so I, I think a lot of people, especially young men, they get a weird, uh, they, they look at me and they don't see the depth of my character. So they get this idea that it's like all money and pimping hoes and never love a girl and never love a bitch and drive cars. And I'm really not actually, I don't believe that's a true persona anyone has. If you're a full-time tough guy, you're a part-time liar. That's the fact. So I don't think that's, that's real. I think a lot of guys are under, they don't understand that I can have women who I'm completely head over heels in love with and I adore with all my heart. But if they piss me off, I'll still tell them to fuck off and get out of my house. But to them, that's an oxymoron. They don't understand how I can do that. But I'm like, look, it's not that I don't love women. It's I don't take shit from anybody. Doesn't mean I don't love them. It means I won't tolerate shit. So there's some certain things people can't seem to make the connect for. So they go, oh, but you don't, you don't love girls. They say, no, I've had women I loved with all my heart and I still kicked them out in the fucking snow. And they never came back. And I never texted them. And that was it. Doesn't mean I didn't love them. It means I'm stubborn and I refuse to, to submit certain principles. Doesn't mean I didn't love them. I still loved them, but they're gone. So, you know, it's, there's certain things that people can't 
correlate. Do you get things wrong in relationships? Do you ever have to apologize, make amends to women for things you've done or said? No, because I will never apologize because I don't make mistakes. Everything I do is conscious. So even if I do something you don't like. How do you know that? How do you know that everything you do is conscious? Because I know exactly what I'm doing. How do you know that? Okay, give me an example. Okay, so I'll, when I <laughs> well, say how, that- how can you, Well, how can you know that? How, do you, how can any of us know that we're perfectly conscious? Uh, there's no way I've done anything in a relationship and was like, oops, shouldn't have done that ever. I fucked her. Yes, I fucked her. Yes, I did it. Yes, I knew I was going to do it. Yes, that was my intention. Yes, I did it. I'm sorry it's hurt your feelings, but I did it because I wanted to do it. So I'm not going to pretend I didn't want to do it. And, and I really do think that in relationships, especially, especially with women, because uh, I get this all the time from men, because I, I have a whole bunch of guys who cannot believe like me and my long-term girlfriends and they see me posting all these other girls. They're like, surely your girl, your girl sleep with other men too. I'm like, no, oh, but she sees you cheat. I'm like, so, but because there's a whole level of cowardice to, to, to lying about things. I think that's what annoys women the most. So I'll give an example. If I, if I, if I have a girlfriend and I go on out on a night out and I fuck someone and then she catches me or finds a text message. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know who she is. Oh no, it wasn't me. It was my friend. Mm-mm, I lie. And then she catches me again. And she knows I definitely did it. Now I've just come across the pussy. But if she goes, what's this? Got drunk, fucked some girl. Don't remember her name. I'm really sorry about it. If you want to leave, leave. But obviously I love you. She doesn't matter. So it's up to you. Boom. Like there's a whole degree of, I really believe part of them respects you for that. But part of them are like, at least he didn't lie. Like they, they respect how honest and brutal you are about it. So I don't apologize for anything. Even if I do shit they don't like, because I did it on purpose. So why am I, I'm not sorry. So I'm not going to lie. Because I know I did it. You're obviously a guy who's always trying to improve himself. What, what are you working on now? I kind of feel like physically I'm declining and it's really annoying me. How old are you? I'm 33. Yeah. There's no way at 33 you're as strong as you were at 25. Can't do it. And when you exist like I did at the absolute peak of physical performance, you will feel it even more. Because if you're living a normal life at 33, 25, you may not feel it so much. But when you at 25 were a monster, and at 33, you're 70% a monster. How does that feel? Like there, there's a little chink in the armor of the perfect warrior, right? The age, like age is undefeated. Like you can't Absolutely. beat that. And so how does that, how does that feel? I'd do anything to go back, but I can't. Uh-huh. So all I can do is sit and, and thank my previous self I spent those years doing exactly what I should have been doing instead of fucking them up. I'm so glad I used them for, for, for war. Like when I was war capable, I'm still war capable. Now I can still fight now, but back then I was, I was the man. I, now I'm the man but back then I was the man. So it's like, I'm, I'm very happy. I didn't make mistakes. So I'm very pleased with my past self. And I also, I have absolute faith in my future self. I guess this is another reason I don't really get stressed so much or I don't, go to people for advice is because I'll think of all the times shit went wrong in my past and trust me, shit's gone wrong and how I eventually pulled off a fucking miracle. And I have so much faith in myself. I have faith in the future Andrew to fix any problem in a week from now. I might lose every penny and end up on the street in the cold, in the snow, but I have faith that future Andrew within a week is going to have a girlfriend living in her house for free, getting home cooked meals. I know that motherfucker and he's, he's smart. So it's like, I have faith in all the past tense, the future, the present, as long as Andrew Tate's around, 
it's going to be fine. So yeah, part of me is upset and misses the past, but part of me is excited for the future because when I was fighting, I didn't have all that much money. If I could go back to my 25 year old self and said at 33, you're going to have $2 million of supercars and live in Romania in a mansion. I'd be like, what? How? Even I would be like, what the fuck? How? So like I have, I have, I'm excited for what future Andrew's going to do. I might go to the moon. Who the fuck knows? I'm excited. So part of me misses the past. Part of me is excited for the future. Yeah, that's, that's what life is, isn't it? You just have to roll with the punches. There's a natural life arc you have to embrace. If you, if you try and resist embracing that life arc, I think unhappiness comes. You don't want to be like one of them old ladies dressing up as a young lady going out fucking random dudes pretending she's 19 when she's four. They're the most miserable people of all. So you got to kind of embrace it and realize, you know what? I can still beat up 99% of people, but there's that 1% out there I shouldn't get in the ring with anymore. I'm going to smoke this cigar, I'm going to drink this vodka, and I'm going to drive my, drive my Lamborghini. And it is what it is. Go, go, go with it. That's how, how, how it goes. Do you suspect that you might mellow with age? So, this is a good question. Because I've had a lot of people say to me a lot of things. You'll see, Tate, it'll be different when you're older. <laughs> or it'll, be, it'll change when you have kids. Or blah, blah, blah. And I completely, utterly do not believe that. Because I already see myself as mellow. Mm. I, I, I'm already mellow. I just have very, very strong principles and a very, very structured view of the world that I'm never going to abandon. Because I've, I've lived 33 years with the same view of the world. I always have viewed the world the same way. I'm not going to abandon my life structure at random. It's not going to happen. So I'm already mellow. Like, I, I don't consider myself an extreme person. I consider myself very mellow. I'm definitely more mellow than I was when I was 22, 23. Then I was completely crazy. But my life view was always the same. I believe that physicality is important. I believe a man should be as strong as he possibly can. I believe that might makes right. I believe that a man should be in charge. I believe your woman should obey you. There's certain things I just believe in my head that are structures that are never going to change. So I've heard this from lots of people, especially like women, when I split up with women. They say, one day you're going to meet a girl and she's going to break your heart. She's going to be the... They have this idea that this one girl is going to come along and I'm going to turn into a pussy. And they don't understand that with 99% of men, that may be true because they're fakers. But with me, that is never going to happen. You've this never is had never your, going to happen. It's you've never happen. had your heart broken? Of course I have. But I never became a pussy. What's, like that, I said, mean? I've what's, it, what's that mean? It what's means it? I've... I've lost women who I didn't want to lose, but I let them go. I didn't beg for them back. I didn't cry about it. I just let them leave. I did it like, I handled it like a man. I, I, I say this to guys all the time. So a lot of guys come to me for dating advice. So I don't know if you know this, but I used to run a webcam studio. You know this? Yes. So yeah, so I had, for anyone watching who doesn't know what that is, I had at one point a lot but probably on average about 15 to 20 women working for me and they'd sit on the internet, talk to guys online and take money over the internet. And then I'd get, I'd give them a small percent and I'd keep the rest. So I ran a webcam studio. So I understand male, female intersexual dynamics very, very well from the pimp perspective. That's what people call me. They call me a pimp and they call me a pimp as if it's supposed to be a negative. Like I'm supposed to be offended by that. But in my view is there was a job, the girl applied, she got the job, she sits on her computer, she does her job, she gets paid. It's no different than these other people in their offices. My girls just get paid more. Ta -da. So, you know, so I understand things from that perspective. And 
from there, you learn a lot about men and women and you learn a lot of it. Well, firstly, you need to know a lot before you can even run that kind of business. But I learned even more running that business. You learn from the customers who are in love with the girls. You learn from me dealing with my work girls. You learn from so many things about relationships and how they work. And, and the truth is, as a man, a woman doesn't even have to like you. She doesn't even have to love you. But if she respects you, she's always going to be around. And this is why if I love a woman with all my heart and she goes, I want to leave, the first thing I'm going to say is, fucking pack. Because if I say anything else, she's not going to respect me. Like, if I, oh, please stay. I'll say, look, I don't want you to leave. I would like you to stay. But if you're going to talk shit and threaten me, then get the fuck out of my house. Like, I've, I've had women leave me, but there's never, I've never had a woman not respect me. Anymore. And that's yeah. why I can hit up any ex I've ever had. And I know they'll reply. Because they respect me on a base level. So why do they respect me? Because I respect myself. So I will never sacrifice my self-respect. I guess that's the bottom line. It doesn't matter if I love you. My self-respect has to come first. And that's good for me, and it's good for you. Because if I sacrifice my self-respect, you wouldn't love me anymore either, bitch. So that's just how it's going to be. That's just how I, that's how I view the self, because that's how I view the world. That's how I always am. You know, you, you, have to, you, you have to, to a degree, put yourself first. You can't pour from an empty cup. You have to be, like, all about you. No one else is going to fix your life. I really don't believe no one else is going to make your life fantastic but you. You have to be all about you. And so many of these guys who get hurt, because I really believe guys get hurt more than women nowadays. This idea that men hurt women and break women's hearts. Okay, maybe I've broken a few. But besides the elite players like me, most of the time it's the women fucking the guys over. I really believe that. And, and, and a lot of the times they're getting screwed up is because they've tied their identity so intricately with this girl that they've lost their sense of self. You lose your sense of self, you can't have self-respect. And that's why she doesn't respect you anyway, and that's why it's all going downhill, and that's why you lose her and you panic and blah, blah, blah. You've got to be... You've got to be about yourself first. She has to be a compliment. So, yeah, I've had my heart broken in regards to, I've had times women have left and I've really, really missed her. But I have never texted her first, ever. What did you do with the pain of the heartbreak? I did the same thing I do if my heart wasn't broken. I got up, I went in the gym, I lifted a bunch of weights, I got in my fast car, I drove down the road looking sexy as fuck, bought a Starbucks and made some money. It doesn't matter how I feel has no bearing on how I live my life. But what, but what do you do with it? Like, I understand you keep going, you don't let it stop you, but what do you do with that emotional pain? Is it pain? Isn't it? I don't know, man, because I know pain and I'm talking real pain, physical pain. Uh, yeah. But physical pain, people go, look, people have this idea that emotional pain's worse. They ain't never had a knife stuck in their skin. They, I know pain. They never had their face broken. I know pain, like real pain. Uh, everyone can imagine being sick. That's pain when you're sick, like really sick. This is very topical right now. You know when you're in bed and you really feel like on the verge of death. That's mm -hmm. like the worst experience ever. I don't fear emotional pain. Like even if in the worst possible scenario, my brother died, that's the worst thing that can possibly happen to me. I'm still gonna get up, go to the gym, lift weights, Drive my cars. I'm still, because that's just all you can do is progress. I, I don't see, I don't, I don't think physical, I don't think emotional pain needs direct, what's the word? It doesn't need direct attention. I don't believe it does. I believe it needs to be ignored and it will go away. You don't think people need time to mourn? Like when your father died, did you need time to mourn? Absolutely, you can mourn, but you can mourn while you lift those weights, while you drive that car, and while you buy that coffee and, and pick those bitches. 
Like, so when my father, I'll give you an example. When my father died, I just moved to Romania. I, I had just started my, I had my webcam company. I moved here. I had six girls with me. I spent all my money moving all my stuff out of England and get to Romania, setting up a house that my dad died. When my dad died, I had two choices. I said, do I either fly back to the funeral? And my dad was my hero. My relationship with my dad is much closer than most people have had with their dad. Like, it's not like we had a distant relationship. He was my hero in every regard. Do I fly to his funeral or, and then what's gonna happen is I'm gonna blow all my money. I'm gonna be away for weeks. These girls are new. They're gonna vanish. They're in Romania on their own. They don't know anyone here. They're gonna wanna go home, da, 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 da. Or do I suck it up and focus on my business? And I've got my mom to provide for. Me and Tristan have started this company. We spent all our money. And I missed my dad's funeral to run my business. And even my sister messaged me, that you're so insensitive, da, da, da. I said, look, I'm my father's son. If he was alive, he'd slap me in the mouth for fucking up my income for the, for the whole family and fucking up my chance of building a legacy for this family and, let, and making sure mom never has to work again to go fuck to a fucking funeral. I can mourn from here. It's just a very rational decision. And, I, and the, the day he died, I found out at 1 p.m., 5 p.m., I'm commentating on live TV. The next day, I'm running my webcam studio. Was I devastated? Absolutely. But what did I do? The same shit I would have done if he was alive. But because how I feel doesn't have bearing on how I live my life. Everyone knows what the right decision is. People pretend they don't know. You know the decision is to go to the gym. You know the decision is to put the chocolate bar down. You know the decision is not to drink. You just pretend you don't know. Oh, but I feel this way, so I duh, duh. Garbage. You know you should be in the gym, whether you're happy, fucking sad, excited. It doesn't matter how you feel. You know what you should be doing. So for me, I know what I should do. I'm an adult. I know I should run my business. I should stay in good physical health. I should do the best. And it doesn't matter how I feel. I know what the right choice is. So I'm going to make it. This, well, is just, this is just how I view it. But there could be another father who's just as strict and as disciplined who could say, you don't miss the funeral of your fucking father. Absolutely. Like that that's a value. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure if my dad would have come back to life, say he came back to life and said, why did you miss my funeral? I would have told him because I just moved over to Romania and I had a business to run and I decided it was the best decision at the time. That's the decision I made and I stick by it. I'm not sorry for it. I don't apologize for it. Just like I don't apologize for shit with the women. I do what I believe is right and I stick by my decisions. This is a binary decision, decisions made. And I don't live in a world of what ifs or I should haves or I'm not gonna miss it and then regret and be mad at myself because I didn't go. No, I made a call and I stick to my call and that's just how it is. And Things worked out well for me. Hey, maybe I would have gone to the funeral. Things would have worked out better. I don't know. But at the time, I made a call and I stuck with my call. And it does not, in my mind, my love for my father is not detrimented in any regard. I loved him when he was alive. Do you so miss it him? Doesn't make a of course, absolutely. You're going to. There's no way you're going to live your life without missing your father every single day. But I'm not going to let that damage my psychology and my mentality in any way it's going to just i'm going to continue to live my life as if he was alive if he was alive i'd be doing the exact same thing wouldn't nothing's changed is there a burden with all that you carry like being the the man like is there a burden that comes with that absolutely there's huge burden i think where did i read i read somewhere that the the top one percent of society and the bottom one percent of society have the same stress level so it's least stressful in the middle but if you're at the very very top of elite and you're at the very, very bottom of like shit muncher nobody, you're both really stressed out. Because like at the bottom, you have nothing to eat and shit. And at the top, if your company fucks up, like you're losing billions of share value and, and these people are stressed as well. 
So at the very, very top, there's stress. At the very, very bottom, there's stress. Most people, most people exist somewhere in the middle. And yeah, I'm the king of my castle. I'm the king of my life. I'm in charge of my business. I, I make all the calls. Like uh, even the, my brother and my cousin, everyone I work with is still me. I'm the boss. I'm in charge of everything. So yeah, there's stress associated with that. But with responsibility comes authority, doesn't it? And I like authority because I trust myself more than I trust anyone else. So if I want to be able to make all the calls, I have to have all the responsibility to go along with it. If I want to be the captain of the ship, I have to be responsible for the ship's sinking. But that means if I say, do something on my ship, you got to fucking listen because I'm the captain. So most people, this is, this is a big skew in, in modern society, especially in relationships. So we can apply this to relationships or society as a whole. Most people want authority without responsibility. That's what people want. I want authority without responsibility. That's what they want. Or you have women who, women do that. They want authority, but they don't want any responsibility. And then you have men in the world who have all the responsibility, but no authority. You have men who go out there, work his ass off, pay all the bills, struggling in the coal mine. But he comes home and he can't even tell his woman to make him a coffee. So he has all the responsibility and no authority. And the two should be linked. The more responsibility you have, the more authority you have. Now, personally, I can't think of any motherfucker on the planet better than me at living my life. So that means I need to be in charge of everything, which means I want to be responsible for everything. Which is why, and, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of stress that goes with it, but I can't think of anyone else who can do it better than me. So that's just how it is. So I'm either, I'm either going to deal with that stress and have all the authority to make all the calls, or I'm going to be a little pussy and be like, oh, I don't know, and I'll just hand over jobs to other people and just block it out from my mind. And then I don't get to make calls on them, and it won't be done as well, but at least I don't have the stress of it. There, there is a huge, I'd love for the, maybe there's a study, I don't know, but there is a massive correlation between success in life and stress tolerance. The more stress you can tolerate, the better your life's going to be. The easiest way to crumble in life is not be able to handle stress. Like, you, you think Tyson Fury isn't stressed before he goes out there to fucking nearly get knocked out in front of all, for millions of people. The reason he's the champ is because he has it in his mind, fuck it, come hurt me. And that's, and that's, in, that's, a, that's insanity. He's, he's inviting a predator to come and hurt him. And he will still go in there with a clear mind, so whatever. And if he loses, he's going to be made fun of and mocked and memed on the internet for the rest of his life. And he'll still go. Stress level and success are massively linked. So the, the more stress you can tolerate, the more successful you'll be as a person. So that's an, that's an amazing habit to get into, to the idea of just handling stress. Like most people are stressed out over, over dumb shit. Like my mom, I love my mom with all my heart, but she, she'd be stressed out because the house was messy. And I'm like, you're stressed over some cups and a plate. And like, you, like how can she run a fucking multinational? <laughs> you know? Like... It, it, some people just haven't got it in them, but I, I'm built for stress. I'm built for war, so it doesn't bother me. I, I'd rather have it that way, and at least I can say what's going to happen the way I fucking want it to happen. Because then I get to be in charge, and I want to be in charge. Yeah, you said something. It, it, it makes me think it's something that people who don't appreciate sports and fighting, they don't really understand how intensely vulnerable it is for fighters to walk in the ring and fight somebody else. Everybody's watching. They could win and be the hero, but could, you could also get your ass kicked. Listen, and fighting, fighting is scary. It doesn't matter how big of a tough guy you are. Professional fighting is scary. And everyone knows this instinctually. That's the reason why the movie stars, the fucking basketball players, everyone goes to the, the boxing matches because everyone knows they're the dons. Because another thing about fighting is you can win 40 fights in a row. You lose one, get knocked out once. That's it. All the other 40 you won, no one cares. You lost. You got knocked out. All the armchair experts are making fun of you. And that's how it's going to go. And on top of it, there is a huge 
most fighters can't tolerate losing. It, it's hard. To, it's a hard thing to accept that another man, effectively, if he knocked you out, he could have killed you. He could have jumped on your head. It would have been the end of it. No referee on the street. You would have been dead. A man took your life effectively in front of your wife. It's hard. It's hard to deal with. You know, it's hard. And most people don't really understand it unless you've been there. But yeah, it's a scary thing. So these guys fighting for the heavyweight world title, their number one attribute isn't the fact that they're big, strong, and fit. It's their stress tolerance. It's that they can be zen enough to be like, okay, because if you let the nerves get to you, you're going to burn energy, you're going to be wild, you're going to fuck up. But these guys can be so relaxed in such a high-pressure environment is insanity. To even, even, I mean, I've been there and I've done it. And even I will look at someone like Tyson Fury, who came back, fat as fuck, came back two years, but, uh, jumped in with Deontay Wilder when AJ was too afraid, fuck it, blah, blah, blah. The guy's a fucking hero. Mentally, he's a hero. You know, he's not, he doesn't give a shit. And that's, that's incredible. But stress, stress tolerance is a massive part of being a successful person. You're never going to be successful without stress. I, I, people ha have this view. I want to be a YouTuber and, and I just want to have millions and millions of dollars with no stress and have no real company and just make stupid videos and these pipe dreams. 99% of the ways you're going to get somewhere in life is through hard work and stress and toil and bullshit. That's the way it's going to go. So you better get adept at living in a, in a stormy sea. I'll float in a stormy sea. Give me some armbands. I'll just float with it. I'll say, Whatever. It is what it is. It's going to survive. Um, who, who inspires you? I guess Tyson Fury just kind of appeared as, a, as an accident. Um, he inspires me. Obviously, my dad was a huge inspiration. My dad was a, a genius for real. Like, the word genius is thrown around far too often because I grew up around genuine geniuses. And, and the people say, oh, he's smart, or oh, he's a genius. And these people, like, ain't shit. Not compared to, like, the real people. Like, even, like, Elon Musk, he, he ain't fucking smart. He's got money. He comes up with an idea for electric car. He hires people who know about electric cars to build an electric car. Okay, cool. Is he a smart guy? Obviously. Is he a genius? No. Because when if you grow up around elite-level chess players, okay, they're all on the autistic spectrum. So in some ways, they fail. They fail socially. But from pure computational ability, they're geniuses. So it depends how you measure it. But for pure computation, these people are insane. It's like you can't do it with a normal brain. I'm from chess pedigree, and I can't do it. And I, I play chess every day, and I still can't do it. Like, it's incredible how smart these people are. You know, so chess inspires me massively. World-level chess players... It's incredible. It's, it's, it's only up until the, the early 2000s that computers could beat you. And these computers are millions of moves ahead. Like how? It's, it's, it's amazing, you know? My dad remembered every chess game he's ever played, ever. You'd name a grandmaster, he said, yeah, I played him in 1988. Move, move, move. Every move he's ever played. He could beat you without looking at a board. So I'd say E4, he'd be in another room. C5, knight F3, knight C6. And he'd just, off the top of his head, just beat you. In his mind. It's, it's crazy. It's literally completely crazy to, unless you've seen it. So I don't even consider myself that smart, really. I mean, am I smarter than average? Yes, yeah, certainly. But I'm definitely not in the level those dudes were. So I find that very, very inspiring. But um, yeah, I mean, there's loads of stories of inspiration. I think any, 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 any man who just makes his calls and sticks to them, I find inspiring. I love Trump. I think he's super inspiring. Because it's not even about this, is what I try and explain to people. It's not even about politics. It's about he will say something and he means it. That's enough to get my respect. I don't give a fuck if you say shit I don't like. 
At least you mean what you say in the world of politics that is so rare. He came along called it a Chinese virus. Everyone tries to call him racist. What does he do the next day? The Chinese virus. He says it again because he doesn't because he means what he says. And I respect that so much about him as a, as a, as a person. Trump's a dom. You have to be, there's got to be something wrong with you to not respect that in a man. You know, you've got to respect it. Even if you don't like it, even if you're a Democrat, whatever, you have to look at Trump and go, you know what? The dude, he says what he means, he means what he says. You know, and it's, it's only people who are too cowardly to stick to their own word who hate him because they really they hate themselves because they don't stick to what they fucking say. It's this this uh, projection. But yeah, I mean, I've got a few heroes, but besides those, really, I'm just trying to do my thing. I mean, if I'm looking for sources of inspiration, if I'm in a, if, if I was ever in a difficult point and I was really looking for a source of inspiration, I'd, I'd rethink stories of me from my own life. Is there a way that you're trying to live up to your father's image of you or are you trying to surpass what your father did? Like what's, is there any motivation there for you? I am Emory Andrew Tate the third. Uh-huh. He is that he was Emory Andrew Tate second my son will be a man to take the fourth it is my job and my duty to my last name to be exceptional i have respect for my name and my lineage and to be to do anything other than push for absolute exceptionalism would be insulting to him and my grandfather and all of my ancestors even all the way back to cavemen days who fought saber-toothed tigers just to live long enough to fuck and pump a baby out and i'm going to turn up here now two thousand years later and be a fat sack of shit ultimately disrespectful and i i have respect for the people who brought me on this planet it is my job to be exceptional not only for myself but for everyone who ever created me if you want to live life and go oh i'm average it's okay then you're insulting your parents and your grandparents and everyone fucking else these people went through world war ii and polio and smallpox and fucking ice ages to bring your stupid ass alive and now you want to sit there and be average you want to sit there and say i'm sad and play video games then you're a fuck up. I absolutely am. Of course, I'm trying to live up to an image of my father because I'm his son. And my son will try to do the same for me. And I expect nothing less from him. And I don't think that is unhealthy in any regard. I am, if, if I ever, it never happens. But if I ever did lack motivation, the first thing I think of is my, my family line. You, you, if you're not going to be proud of who you are and your own last name and your ancestry, then what the fuck is the point of you even being here to eat tacos? What the fuck are you here for? Tacos are pretty good. They are pretty good. But you know what? It's even like, we can get deeper with this. Suicide. People talk about suicide. They go, you don't know how it feels to be suicidal. And I will say this with conviction. If I was suicidal, I still wouldn't kill myself. Because my parents worked too fucking hard to put me on the planet and raise me and feed me working jobs day and night to put food in my mouth for my stupid ass to feel sad and kill myself. That is a fuck up. That's a monumental fuck up. And I have too much respect for my fucking family to do that shit. All these men are these famous men who kill themselves. You have fucking kids. You wanna kill yourself? You have children to raise. You are selfish. I don't feel sorry for you 1%. You're a pussy. And if you were half a man, you'd take your suicidal feelings, shut the fuck up and raise your children anyway. Because men are always, men have duty. Duty has been part of being a man since the dawn of time. We went to wars we barely understood because we had a duty as a man. So now you want to throw all your duty away and go, oh, I don't want to play the game anymore. I'm going to kill myself. I'm sad. You're fucking, what about the people above you and below you? 
I wish to God I was suicidal. If I was suicidal, I'd have all the freedom in the world. I'll go to Mozambique tomorrow, become a mercenary. I don't give a fuck, shoot me. I could do anything. I could fucking base jump, fucking anything. I, I don't give a fuck anymore. What, what a superpower these people are throwing away. Suicidal, I don't believe in any of that shit because it's just a lack of duty. So yeah, I'm, I, you can talk about uh, respect for and living up to. I live up to to the point where you could depress me to the depths of earth. You could put me in a cell by myself, solitary confinement for the rest of my life. You could kill every family member I have. You chop my arms and legs off. I still won't kill myself because I refuse because I have a job to do. My job is to live as long as possible. That is my job. So is everyone else's. So yes, I absolutely am trying to live up to the memory of my father and as my son will do for me. And I take it to that extreme where no matter what happens to me, I'm going to stay the motherfucking man because that is my name, Tate. How can it be anything else? How can I be ordinary? Unacceptable. Thank you. Andrew Tate. You know, you know, man, it, your rants are great. You, obviously, you're a super smart guy for your passion. But the other thing I want to say, I just feel how sweet you are. Well, thank you. Like, you're a really sweet guy. Like, when you smile, when you make a joke, like, this, and I think that's why you get away with all this somehow. You know, and why people are drawn to you. It's why I'm drawn because the first time I saw you, I'm like, what the fuck is this guy up, up to? What's he on about? And then once I start started to see you a little bit more, I could see the game you were playing. I could see your integrity, but I could also feel your heart. Yeah, I, you I, and this is the thing, and I say this without any irony. I genuinely believe I'm a good person. Yeah. yeah. I, don't rob, I don't rob grandmas. I don't steal from nobody. I don't hurt nobody. I genuinely believe I'm a good person. And the world has become so skewed now. If you're a man who believes in himself and has and has honor and stands up for what he believes in, you're viewed as bad. People think I'm a bad person. I don't really know why. I believe in what I believe in. I live to my own principles. I don't really hurt nobody. Well, like, but somehow I'm evil. But this is this is this goes into the political side of the left. But it's you know I, I really do believe I am a good person. And I have good intentions for everyone I ever interact with in my life. So yeah. I, is it painful that people don't see that about you? That you're a good man? doesn't bother you. No it, it, no, it genuinely doesn't bother me. I, I, so a lot of people say they don't care what other people think. And that's a lie. Everyone cares what other people think. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't brush your hair. You wouldn't wear clothes. You wouldn't, you would nothing. Like if you really didn't care what other people think, your whole, your whole life would be a fucking mess. So we all want to have some kind of social standing. I want, and I've always wanted people to see me as successful and intelligent. And, and I have now reached a point where those two things are impossible to deny. If you, anything else you think about beyond, beyond those things, I don't care. Oh yeah, he's smart and he's rich, but as soon as you say, but I don't give a fuck. I've done my job, you know? And a lot, and what happens when you reach a certain level of intellect, the highest realms, which you and I enjoy, I'm gonna include you in this. You'll realize that most, most niceness is complete garbage and evil, it's fake. Most nice people are fake. If you show me a nice person, I see a snake. You, if I meet a person who's nice to everyone, oh, hi, oh, hi, oh, hi. I just, I don't, you, you know, they're full of shit. They don't like everybody. Nobody likes everybody, you know? So there's a degree of integrity and honesty that comes with me being dislikable. And that means the people who do like me at least sit there and go, you know what, Tate, like Trump, says what he means, he means what he says. So I don't want to be viewed as nice because that's a whole bunch of garbage anyway. So I don't give a fuck if you don't think I'm nice. I know I'm a good person. I know I don't go out on my way to harm anyone. I know I've got a good heart. I know I've done well with the people around me. I've never robbed, stolen, 
never done any of those things. So, um, yeah, and if that translates across, good, because it's true. So it should. Yeah, well, I hope more people get it and see you because I think your message is important. It's powerful, and people need to hear it. Yeah, and, and, and this, is, this is basically it. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm an atheist. But, um, and I find I, I get a lot of meaning from my atheism. I get the same meaning from my atheism that a religious person gets from their religion. And that's that you get one spin. There's no afterlife. Not getting a go again. There's no higher meaning. You get one turn. So you may as well do whatever the fuck it takes for you to be happy and smile. Because when you're old, you're going to regret you didn't. And you don't get to do it again. So if I want to spunk all my money on supercars, if I want to fucking bang that girl, even though I got a girlfriend at home, if I want to do, it doesn't matter what it is, I do whatever the fuck I want. Because this, I believe that's how my life should be lived. Now, I don't go out of my way to hurt anybody because I understand there are moral lines that shouldn't be crossed. Not that I want to hurt anybody anyway. But my point is, you get one spin at it. And I, and I believe that part of that comes from my atheist beliefs and part of that just comes from how I've written, how, I don't know. I don't even know where it comes from. But also, one more point I want to make. I think chess and fighting are very similar and they, they teach you a lot about life and, and there's a lot of lessons in both of them. And the most important lesson in both of them, which translates perfectly, is that if something goes wrong, you fucked up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you're playing chess and you lose, it may have been the smallest mistake in the world. It may have been 30 moves ago. Somewhere, at some point, you fucked up. It is you and it's your fault. And you have to and you have to perfect that for the future, make sure it doesn't happen again. I think that's a life philosophy that most people need to accept. If you're sitting there and you're unhappy with your life, somewhere, at some point, you fucked up. It's nothing to do with Trump or fucking racism or fucking global warming or any other shit. It's you. It's just, if you do life that way, you're gonna do pretty well.